0: Support for meaningful conversations comes from Wix.com. Wix believes anything is possible with the right website builder. So, whether you're about to create a website for the first time or you're a longtime pro, Wix has you covered. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Create beautiful websites with video backgrounds, parallax animation, and more, all without knowing how to code. With the Wix editor, you can design the most stunning websites all on your own, share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website, so create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's w i slash meaningful conversations to get 10% off. I'm Maria Shriver, and this is Meaningful Conversations. On every episode, we'll take a journey into the lives of inspiring, thoughtful, thought-provoking people. People who are smart, spirited, and spiritual. People who have done extraordinary things to make a positive impact on our world. These are people I respect and admire. People who inspire me. I want them to share their stories, their experiences, their wisdom, and their feelings with you. I hope we can come together in community to reflect on the issues and topics that we're all thinking about, but no one seems to be talking about. I hope that you're inspired to have more meaningful conversations with the people in your life. Kathy Lee Gifford is a dear friend and someone whose career I have watched with admiration for many, many years. This week is her last at the Today Show, and while I'll be sad to lose her as a colleague, I'm super excited for her to embark on this next really creative chapter of her life. I wanted to sit down with her for meaningful conversations because we have some of the most meaningful conversations early in the morning in the makeup room on the Today Show, and I got to thinking that most people don't get to see the Kathy Lee Gifford that I get to see early in the morning, the one who wakes up and talks about family and that talks about the Bible and who memorizes all of these verses and who's a really multifaceted person who kind of has these ideas and barrels through and makes them reality. So I wanted you to hear from her directly. And even though she's leaving the Today Show, she's not going to leave our consciousness. So today is a special day because I get to talk to someone I've known for a really long time, someone who I love, who I admire, who inspires me, who astonishes me. On many conversations, so well, Kathy you've Lee seen me Gifford. I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> no, stop! Now people are going to think, "Whoa, what's that about?" But we, <laughs> Kathy Lee, and I have great conversations in the makeup room. We've known each other for many years, and she lives what I call a very meaningful life. And Kathy Lee, we start these conversations because this is called meaningful conversations right. about what does it mean to you to have a meaningful life.
1: What's the point? If it's not a meaningful one, mm. I, I can't even imagine it, uh, living every day with the emptiness that so many people seem to. No purpose. They've got a pulse, but no purpose. Mm. For me, you got to have both. And, the, and the, when you stop having a purpose, it's because you no longer have a pulse. I mean, if God if God wakes you up every morning and you you've got that thing pulsating in your and blood flowing through your veins, that means He's not finished with us yet. Where do you find meaning? I find meaning in Jesus Christ. He is described in many ways in the scripture, but the, uh, he is the word. In John, 1 John is: in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word created all things and through him the word is that the world is sustained and then it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was there at the beginning. With the Father, with the Holy Spirit, as a Trinity, creating all things and sustaining all things. There's a wonderful, wonderful scripture in Acts that says, in him we live and move and have our being. And the problem with our world today is that even if you are so-called religious, Mm -hmm. that usually means you believe in something and you go somewhere for a certain amount of time on a certain day and you have certain things that you do when you're there and then you leave and you go back to your other life. Mm. For me, there is no other life. I live and move and have my being in Jesus, and he informs and and, and impacts everything, every moment, every nanosecond of my life. Do you
0: describe yourself as spiritual, religious? I hate
1: the word religious. Hate it. Bristle. Can't stand it. First of all, I don't like labels on anybody right. unless it's nice. Or kind, yeah. oh, they're sweet, oh, they're friendly, oh, they're, you know, I mm-hmm. don't mind those kind of labels. But anything else that na- that labels us as, oh, they're one of them, right. I can't stand. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am not a religious person. I don't go to church anymore. I go to Israel several times a year, and mm-hmm. I get so much so much knowledge and wisdom and, and excitement about the Lord that that holds me until the next trip. I studied for three hours every morning, the Word yeah, of God.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, I think something that people don't know about you is how much you study, yes. how much you can recite, how much you've memorized, yes. how deep into Jesus, the teachings, the Bible you are on a daily basis. Tell people really how you start your day. Well,
2: uh, this morning and not it was... the peanut butter. No, no, no. She no, eats that's... peanut
0: butter with a spoon while she's talking and <laughs> pontificating in the makeup room. But that is after
1: this morning. It was one a.m., and even that's <gasps> early for me. And I went, really, Lord? Then you must have something very special for me. I get up, go downstairs, get the puppies out, do their business so they don't do it in my house, and I get the coffee going, build my fires, light my candles, and, and there's a wonderful scripture that says, "In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice." In the morning, I bring my request before you, and I wait in expectation. Oh, it's a that. beautiful way to live. I've tried to, to memorize Scripture my whole life, and I'm so glad I did that. I would encourage so many people to do that, because then it's there when you need it. It's, there, it's in your DNA. You're not Googling it. You don't have to look it up. Where was that? It's there. When you need it. What does that mean, there when you need because it? Because we need it all day long. We need it. You know, every life throws opportunities and curveballs, and they can be right after one another. And I want to be prepared for both. So,
0: how are you preparing now? What's What's coming at you right now? An opportunity or a curveball?
1: Both. both. Sure. The curveball is because I'm just human, mm-hmm. and, and I and I get tired, and I get impatient, and I get you know cranky like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss an opportunity to be a godly. Person, so so I always have to be on the on the. Hey, Kathy, watch it. You you know you're 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 a little tired today, and I'm just so I just lift it up and I said, Lord, you know I'm tired. Please help me to be kind. It's a choice we make. Mm-hmm. Kindness is a choice. Fairness is a choice. Love is a choice. We all day long we have thousands of choices that we can make. God gave us free will, and I want to make sure I use them in the right way that glorifies Him. Excitement about so many new things going on in my life. I can't even. I, the Lord slowed me down this morning, which is a hard thing to do because I'm I'm sort of on a I'm on mega thrust, you know, all the time. <laughs> anybody that knows me, and He He just quiets me down. That's why the mornings are so important to I me. And He said, Kathy, let's go over what you have to look forward to. I know you think you're entering into a new season, and you're leaving dear friends behind, and yeah. you're in a brand new season of your life. You're a you're not only a widow, you're an orphan now, and you're an empty nester, and there's that's Those a are three really three kind three of things. negative,
0: though, aren't they? Kind of th- widow, orphan, empty nester. Those are three kind of descriptors that feel. Yes, they feel
1: negative. They, they feel, feel weight, neg- like weight, yeah. weight. Yeah, and they can be again. What what choice do I make about it? Number one, I praise God that I had my husband for as long as I did, and he gave me two gorgeous children who I praise God are also in California now, doing what they I raise them to do, which is to soar on the wings of the wind with the Lord. They're doing that. They and they love God, and they're they're living their lives with purpose and 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 integrity. And the other, I praise God that both of my parents knew Christ and are with Him. So so even though I personally miss those people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, am, I have peace. I found Frank on the floor that Sunday morning, August 9th. I had the peace that passes understanding. That's what the Bible talks about. And, and it's, they're just words until you're actually experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And that's the room that every morning I sit in, in the wee hours of the morning, the very room where my husband passed away, just a couple of feet away.
0: But, you know, so many women find themselves at the age that you and I are either widowed, alone, divorced. never married, divorced, and those early m- morning hours, those evening hours yes. are really lonely, yes. really hard. Crippling. Crippling. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you deal with that? How do you, first by acknowledging,
1: I guess, that it's yeah. crippling. It's, it's not a secret. <laughs> Yeah. The hard times are are the, the night times when you're just you're alone in that bed. Mm-hmm. I go to bed alone and I wake up alone in a big house that has a a million beautiful memories. I'm I'm grateful for my dogs. I highly recommend I re- I highly recommend that you get a little fur friend, mm-hmm. a furry friend because they're so non con- condemning. They're so they just they give you joy, they give you companionship, they listen. I talk to my puppies all the time. Maybe somebody thinks I'm a crazy old lady. Well, they're probably right, but except I've been doing it all my life, so I was a crazy young lady too. <laughs> I just highly rec- recommend having dear friends, mm-hmm. dear friends that you can trust, and something that that can cuddle you when you're when you feel unloved and alone, and invisible in this world. You and I have had very visible lives. We've been mm-hmm. married to two very, very well-known international men. right? We know what that life is like. Uh, you're no longer with Arnold. I'm no longer with Frank for very different reasons, but but God still sees us. He sees mm. us. I'm leaving for Israel in 10 days to actually direct a f- short film that we're doing. It's 11 and a half minutes long, but it's a song that I wrote with a magnificent artist named Nicole C. Mullen. And, and it started out just to be a song that mm-hmm. we were writing for a certain artist. And as it progressed. It soon became so much more and so much deeper. I believe with all my heart that in a God who sees us, has mm-hmm. seen us in our mother's womb. Bible talks about how David at the psalmist said, in my mother's womb, I was fearfully and wondrously formed. You knew me before. I, I, before we took a breath, before we had a thought, God saw us, loved us, Wanted us, created us for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So many people do not believe that. They've never heard that. What do you mean? What purpose do you think you were
2: created for? Exactly what
1: I'm doing. What I'm doing right now, speaking with you, giving people hope that there's a reason for their life. They're not a mistake. There's, you know, in the, I study the Greek in the New Testament and the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Do you know in the Hebrew, there is not even a word for the word "coincidence" that we have in the Amer- in our language in English, uh-huh. Uh-huh. or in it, does not exist. Why? Because God is sovereign in all things in the Jewish faith. He there is nothing random. Nothing happen- happens by coincidence. He sees all. He is all. He knows all. And and I I have great comfort in that. That anything that happens in my life, good or bad, God can bring purpose from my pain, and mm-hmm. He can bring great joy. Even deeper, deeper joy from the good things in my life.
0: What purpose has come from your pain?
1: Well, songs that I'm the songs I've been writing the last many years now. Beautiful. Thank you. You've heard a few of the yes. songs, and this one that especially that I'm.
0: And I should say, let me interrupt because she writes all of these. I think people, you know, I think we live in a world where people like to see people in narrow lanes, right? Kathy Lee, as you've been hearing, you know, studies the scripture, goes to Israel, leads expeditions in Israel, writes these songs, produces films, writes films. This is the thing that I'm so much in awe of, is that you're creating a new life and new lanes almost daily.
1: Always daily. And thank you, Maria. You listen to me ad infinitum all the time. You're so kind. But um, because I'm passionate about it. It's inspiring to me. It's
0: inspiring. You're like, I want to write a film. I'm like, well, you know, I don't, boom, there it is. You write the film. I'm going to go get the funding for it. Well, you know, I go and I do it. I go and I shoot it. I now I'm writing the music for it. It's like, what? Yeah,
1: I I want to get you involved in that with me. I've asked you. I want you to, to produce films with me. i but You want
0: to produce films for women of a certain that's age right. and a certain experience. So talk about that. Yes.
1: So I've started a something called. When I became a widow, I did not realize that there's 17 million widows in America, five million widowers. That is a huge demographic that Hollywood has ignored. First of all, any women over 30 or 40 are ignored by it. But we don't exist. <laughs> in Hollywood's terms. And that's ridiculous. These women want movies about people like themselves. They want people about women that look like them and have their same issues. They want to be seen. They want to be valued. Their dollars are very much the same an equal value as a man's or a thirty-year-old woman's dollars. Mm-hmm. These women go in packs. They go in groups out to the movies, out to the theater, to mm-hmm. lunch, bowling, because that's all they have. That's their community. Right. And I love those women. I've gotten to know so many of them. So I started a, a film company called Widows Peak Pictures. And our first one uh, is is about to be released very, very soon. I wrote it for my friend Craig Ferguson. Yeah. We shot it in Scotland last, last June. I'm thrilled with the way it turned out. I wrote all the music with my friend Brett James from, from Nashville, who's one of the most brilliant writers on the planet today. Mm-hmm. We've already had some number one hit songs from it on the iTunes. I mean, it's it's thrilling at this point, Maria, for me to be at, at an age where when a lot of people, and God bless them, are using their your discounts to go to the movies. I'm producing and writing and starring in and I'd I'd cook. I'd do the, if I could, uh, I'll do the catering, but nobody would eat it. I'm I'm delivering those movies for them to see. Mm. I've never been an observer, except for when I write, I observe everything so that I can be honest in my writing.
0: But let's pause a second there, because I want people to understand the film you just described wrote it. You said you wrote it for Craig Ferguson, who's the male lead, but you wrote it for yourself. Mm -hmm. You wrote the the music. You produced it. You came up with the concept. You raised all the money. Yes. And you have literally,
1: with your energy,
0: (laughs) pushed it over the finish line.
1: Yes. Yes, under budget and on time.
0: That it, it, do you
1: not step back and go like whoa? No, somebody said to me the other day, Kathy, wow. aren't you proud? Yeah. I just shot this thing that we're doing in Israel and I, uh, the, the, with the, they recorded yeah, now the you're music. you're direct. No, with the Nationals, the Nashville Symphony Orchestra, and it's the most magnificent piece of music, and people sob when they hear it. They go, "Aren't you proud?" And I go, "No, no, I'm not proud. I'm grateful. I'm humbled. I'm I'm blown away at God's faithfulness to me." I'm not proud. I didn't do it. I don't do anything outside of every breath I take. God leading my way. That's why it. That's why it's so joyful. If I was taking credit for it, ooh, there's that. That creeps me but out. Just, just a in thought. the quiet, maybe what they
0: meant in the quiet of of those crippling hours in the morning or the night when you feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm in this big house. I'm alone with all these memories. Like, does that bring you some like? Piece, some like yes. validation, yes. but I'm also doing X, Y, and Z. It helps you get through the crippling.
1: Well, that's what I mean about having a pulse and a purpose. If I didn't know that in those lonely hours, maybe that's also why I get up and I get busy. So those lonely, so I'm not lying there thinking about what I've lost. I get up and go towards what I still have and what I'm still working at. And I'm an artist. And artists die on the vine if they're not creating something beautiful. We don't settle in life. We don't settle. Artists are made to soar on the wings of the wind with their creator. We're here to co-create with God. And that doesn't mean you have to paint or write or sing. I I, I mean, all of us are are purposely put on this planet to bring God's shalom to the chaos of the world.
0: But you have a great job on the Today Show, right? You're on television every single day, something that every you know, woman that's come along or a guy that goes into journalism or goes, who is an artist would covet. Yes. And you're walking away from it.
1: For the second time.
0: Yes. For the second time. Yes. Trepidation about that. Mm -hmm. Why?
1: No, no, no. Excitement. Same reason. I stayed with Regis five more longer, five years longer than I wanted to. Artistically, because I adored Regis. Right. And I've stayed uh, at the Today Show probably probably two or three years longer than I should have, or not should have, but did, only because I love the people there so much. You know them. But H- how do you Hoda. mean that you should
0: have, that you did? What does Well, that because mean? that's
1: when I got the urge. I got the creative <laughs> urge. With Regis, it was after about 10 years, and I stayed 15. With Hoda, it's once I started writing movies and writing music at a certain level of people like Brett... I mean, you know, it's it's addict it's addictive for me. That that rush of that artistic rush. It, being in rooms with people like Craig and I'm working on our script for our movie and I'm on a set in Scotland and we're playing and we're trusting one another and it's alive and it's coming together. It's it's uh it goes from not an, an idea in my head and my heart Onto paper, I write everything longhand, and the next thing you know, I share it with him, and he goes, "I love it, Kathy. I stand ready to serve." And the next thing you know, it's it's uh, Sondheim wrote a song years ago called "Putting It Together," bit by bit, putting it together, and it's the it's the process that is really thrilling. God created the heavens and the earth and 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 everything that we see over billions and billions of years, and He got great joy. Out of the creative process. We're made in his image.
0: Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. This episode of Meaningful Conversations is brought to you by Honeybook. Are you a small business owner? Does administrative work slow you down and get in the way of what you really love doing? If so, HoneyBook.com can help. HoneyBook was designed to help you spend less time handling administration work and more time doing what you love. The all-in-one business management platform makes it easy to streamline your process with client and calendar management tools and custom branded proposals and contracts. You even get e-signatures, generate invoices, and get paid faster all within one online system. And because Honeybook has an easy to use mobile app as well, you can even run your business on the go, wherever life calls for it. Over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals, and other solo entrepreneurs have saved hundreds, if not thousands, of hours a year with Honeybook. So if you're a creative professional, head to honeybook.com today and use promo code meaningful for 50% off your first year. Again, that's honeybook.com promo code meaningful for 50% off your first year. Now let's get back to the conversation. Kathleen and I've talked about women of a certain age not being seen in mm-hmm. our culture. And you're seen on TV every day. and But I don't need to be. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Because yeah. so many people who are on television right. every day live in terror yes. and fear of not being seen. Was there a, a moment where you thought, like, I don't need this anymore. I don't need – I've grown up enough that I don't need to be seen. Maybe there was a time where you felt you did.
2: Mm.
1: I think because I've always defined myself since I was 12 years old as – a child of God, a daughter of the king. That's who I am. I'm a daughter of the king of the universe. And and everything after that is, oh, and I'm also a mother, and I'm a and I'm a sister, and I'm a daughter, and I'm to work on television and I sing. And it's it's who do you let define you? Mm. And if you grow up your entire life like I did since twelve, believing that you are a child of God with a purpose that only you can fulfill in this entire world of billions of people, that is what gives you me self-worth. Mm-hmm. Not Emmy Awards, not Tony nominations, not Grammy nominations, all of those things I've experienced. Mm-hmm. but And they're lovely. They're, they're validations that my work is valuable. But ultimately, at the end of a lifetime, it's who do you belong to? Whose image are you made in? And, and because this life we live right here is temporal. This is not my home. Mm-hmm. This isn't your home. This is, this is training ground for our real home. Mm-hmm. And I see every day is purposeful that way. What am I going to learn today? On the last day of my life, I hope I learned something, something that I just can't wait to share with somebody. And probably won't get a chance because God will take me home. But that's the joy of living is growing and every day being a joyful surprise. And some days will be truly, truly hard.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that because I think, and this is something we've talked about, you have you have on the plus side, right? You have two wonderful children. You have a home that you love. You have these movies that you're doing and songs and you're directing and all that sort of stuff. And yet you're also alone, right? Yes. And so like me, and so you sit there and you're like, you sit there and some days you're like, wow, you know, is this what it's going to be like yeah. the next 15 years? And people, yeah. you know, and you put on always such a like, everything is great. I've got all this going on. But it it comes with like some struggle.
1: Always. there's there, That struggle is with me every single day because I am Talk so lonely. Talk about that. Yeah. I'm so lonely. I mean, I had a beautiful marriage—not a perfect one by any means—but I was very much in love with my husband. He was very much in love with me, and and most of our marriage was was something I, I thought I'd never have after such a terrible first marriage. A lot of people don't realize I was married when I was twenty-three mm. for about six or seven years, and they were. I'd I'd rather be single the rest of my life than ever again be in that unhappy of a marriage. So I I, I do remember that, like Kathy, you know. You, you, we we tend to, what's the word that I'm looking for? Deny. We tend, Deny. To, uh, we tend Deny. to with rose-colored, you know, yeah. Like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be in the arms of a beautiful man again? Yes, but what if he snores like Frank did? <laughs> you know, I mean, nothing is perfect.
2: Right.
1: I know that, and I'm not looking for a perfect person by any means. I'm mm-hmm. not online. I've had one date in three and a half years since Frank died. Uh, I have, you know, I'm capable of very, very deep feelings and and yet god has not seen fit yet to bring that person into my life.
0: So people would want to know cuz there are as you said millions of people like you out there. How do you what's your best advice for getting through that?
1: Prayer. I always say, "Lord, whatever you have for me, let me be content in this moment. Let me be content. And father, if he is out there, show me. Reveal him. And soon, father, cuz I'm running out of TikTok." And, and I'm just honest with him. I said, I would love that again in my life, Lord. I would love to know that kind of deep, abiding, just thrilling love like I had with Frank. I'd love it. And maybe God said, once is enough, Kathy. Once is enough. I don't know. I don't think so. I believe. I truly do mm. believe it's waiting for me. You do? I'm open you, to it. Oh, I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, I said, I was talking to Hoda like six months ago. And they're like, oh, well, Kathy, Lisa, I said, she's going to manifest it, trust me, she manifests these films and she's going <laughs> to manifest this incredible love story. And in like a year, we're going to be sitting there going like, look at that.
1: Yeah, I believe it is coming. I also b- believe in God's prophetic word. All of the gifts of the Spirit that are mentioned in the Bible have been in the Bible since the beginning of time, since five years, 5,000 years of the writing of the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of people think that those things are gone. Those were for just for those times. Miracles were just when Jesus' day and Moses. And I don't believe that for one minute because the Bible also says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. His, his days last forever. So God doesn't change. We do. So that means his gifts that he gave his earliest believers, he's given he gives them to us too. I've seen miracles. Have you experienced a miracle? I've I've experienced miracles. I've seen (gasps) demons. I have seen lives that were hopeless transformed. I have seen people brought back from from the dead that clinically dead, and they've come back to life. I've seen, uh, yeah, there are miracles all all around us if we have spiritual eyes to see them. I live in the supernatural on a daily basis, and I've probably had (laughs) maybe six or seven, maybe, maybe even 10 now, prophetic words from people who do not even know each other, all of them telling me the same thing, that soon the Lord is bringing love into my life. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the name of that person is. I don't know how it's going to happen, but that's another big theater piece I've just written with my friend Brett called The God of the How and When. A- Abraham and Sarah didn't know when the promised son would ever come to them. Abraham was 100 years old, and, a- and Sarah was 90 when they had Isaac, which is what grew that. The, yes. <laughs> yeah. out, of that out of those three people came Judaism, Christianity, and Islam people don't know that that Abraham was the patriarch of all three of those those ancient religions and faiths let's call them faiths instead and then I I move on to Moses and and Pharaoh Moses it took 40 years 40 years for the Israelites they weren't israelites and they were they were hebrews to get out of the 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 wilderness before they came to the promised land. And then Mary and Joseph. It took thousands of years prophetically for the Messiah to come into the world. And how did he do it? Through a virgin teenage girl and her much older, very poor fiance and 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 God works in mysterious ways and we try to fit him into a box. The worst thing is we try to understand him with the western culture. Mm. The Bible of the God of the Bible and the Bible itself is not written for middle it was written about middle easterners for middle easterners. Mm. That's where it all happened. That's why I love to go there and understand it that way. We then as believers try to understand it through western a western lens we look at everything through our western understanding of things and we get it completely wrong
0: your last book dealt with that
1: yes the rock the road and the rabbi right and, and it, it's it's very very informative to people who do not realize i mean people think that jesus was a carpenter we've been everybody thinks even if you believe in him or not oh yeah jesus was a carpenter before he became a rabbi and some people think that Jesus was Catholic. Mm-hmm. I go, well, rabbis aren't usually Catholic, but I mean, there's so much biblical illiteracy; it's just incredible to me. Jesus was not a carpenter, because the word used in the New Testament for what Joseph did on his, as his earthly father, mm-hmm. and Re- and uh, Regis, sorry, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus did. and
0: Regis. I told you, Jesus and Jesus Regis. Jesus and
1: Regis, <sighs> and what Jesus did until he became a rabbi at the age of thirty. It's is the word tecton, T E K T O N. If you look it up, what it means in the original Greek is the word architect slash builder. Well, when they the English mm. people were translating the New Testament from the Greek into English for the King James Version, they came upon this word tecton and they go, "Oh, architect, builder. Oh, oh, he he was a car, he was a carpenter, like we are." Well, the trouble is, these people had never been to Israel. They didn't understand that in first century AD in Israel, there was no buildable wood. Everything, if you read your scripture, came down, floated down and in, made into rafts from the cedars of Lebanon to the north, then taken apart in Joppa, which is modern-day Tel Aviv, and then taken to all of all of the biblical yeah, sites we know I remember you of. telling
0: me that Jesus was not a carpenter. I'm like, ah!
1: No, no, Jesus <laughs> was a stonemason. Stone Because stone that's mason. what they built everything. They had small things you could build. You could make, you know, with little right. trees, balsam trees, sycamore trees, olive trees, but those aren't. The cedars of Lebanon, that's where That's where Herod got all his timber for all of his, his magnificent architectural designs. So if we're wrong about something, Maria, as simple as what did Jesus do before he became a rabbi, mm-hmm. if we're wrong about that, you have to ask yourself, what else are we wrong about? And it's everything. What are people
0: wrong about you about?
1: You'd have to ask them. But in general, I think that because I've made my living in, in their living rooms and on their televisions uh, in, in, a, in a way that seems kind of silly at times yeah. and kind of and they've seen me on Name That Tune and they've seen me, you know, and I don't know what they've seen me in, but they have no idea the depth of me. They have no there idea. I'm, I'm 10% silly and 90% dead serious.
0: That is a big misconception about you, because I think you're right. People think you're the kind of sidekick that you make people laugh. You bring funny. They don't even actually realize how hard that is to do and how quick you have to be to do all that. That just is so easy for me, and I think that's why I've never— You're 10% funny, 10% with the wine, 10% of what people see is you, and the other 90%— Is dead serious and all about my art, all about it.
1: Well, and my family, of course. I just mean,
0: yeah. But you're an entrepreneur. You're constantly coming up with new ideas, whether you're starting a wine business, as I starting a production company, Mm -hmm. writing a book. This is your mind going. You actually make me for the first time feel like my mind is calm when I (laughs) talk to you, (laughs) that you are constantly creating. Do you ever struggle to keep up with your own mind?
1: No, I get excited each time I get a new idea. I mean, this thing that I've just done with Nicole called "The God Who Sees" has turned out so unbelievably well that there's a young girl at our stu- at our show that I adore, and she said, "Kathy, can I hear it, please?" And I took her into my dressing room, put the headphones on her. It's only eleven minutes long, and she's sobbing, <gasps> and she takes this, and she's twenty six years old, and, and where can
0: people hear this?
1: Uh, it, it's going to be released Easter week, and she. She's released where? All over the world. Okay. In, the on goddesses. every platform. Okay. Good. On every okay. platform. And she's sobbing and she goes, Kathy, she's no religious affiliation or faith in her life and was grown up very just secular. Mm-hmm. And I adore this young girl. She's just precious. She's sobbing. She says, Kathy, can you please make this longer? Can you please put in more stories? I've never heard these stories. I love them. The stories she was hearing were about Hagar in Genesis, Ruth was a widow. Hagar was a single mom. Ruth, a widow. And then she became the grandmother of King David, who was then hiding in the wilderness in En from King Saul. And then all the way down to the last story we tell is a story in the New Testament of Mary Magdalene, who was mentally ill. She was. She had seven demons, which Jesus cast out. So these stories that are in the Bible are not dead stories. You could rip them from the headlines today. They're full of truth, and although the individual stories change, again, my whole theme is that God doesn't change ever. That's why we can count on him. That's why generation by generation by generation counts on the same God that hung this moon and the stars and the sun in the heavens. He hasn't changed. And that's why when people say well, you're gonna to have to change your faith to, to accommodate today's thinking. No, you don't. God, I'm not going to change what God says is true just to be more popular, just have more likes on Instagram. Are you kidding me?
0: No way. What haven't you done that you want to do? Porn. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> Spell God. <laughs> Let me close my eyes there. No, but you—you you were talking about that's sus- the only thing. <laughs> that's and the believe only me, thing. People
1: are praying that I don't go into that. That
0: cannot be a film out of your there new must production be a company. Of
1: really kinky people that would like that, but I can't think of anybody else.
0: Oh my God, that's not the answer I thought you would give. But is there anything that you sit there and you're like, "Wow, I can't do that. I haven't done that. I want to do that."
1: One of them is about to happen next week in Israel, directing. I've watched other people. I've been in many movies. I've done a gazillion TV shows. I was an actress and a singer for years before I ever sat down on a stool next to Regis or or Hoda or anybody else. And I've been gotten a few messages from people. How can you give up your dream job? And I go, well, I never said it was my dream job. It might be your dream job, and I hope you find it someday. And I've been grateful for these jobs; they've enabled me to to have a life I never dreamed I could have. But my dream, from the time I was a tiny child, was to be in the movies. That yeah. I I that's I your wrote, dream job. I always always I wrote I wrote when I was about six or seven, eight years old. I forget. Whenever I could write, because I remember writing it out. So it must have been about eight years old. I wrote to Walt Disney. And I said, I know you love Annette Funicello, and I know you love daily uh, Mills, but you really, you really need to meet me. <laughs> I said, I'm known for my expressions. And I got this form letter back a couple of months later, signed from Walt Disney. So it said, you study hard, Kathy, and maybe someday we'll work together. Well, then I went to work at Disney for 15 years, did Disney films. And, you know, I, I mean, But that was my dream my whole life, and to be a singer, because I loved music. My mom had been a singer. My dad was a jazz saxophonist. So now for me, I am living my, my greatest dream life now. I'm making movies. I'm writing them. I'm appearing in them with people I admire and respect and love so much. I wish I could tell you the cast of the new movie I'm starting this this summer. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's an amazing cast. The person who's going to direct it is my friend Jennifer O'Neill from Summer oh. 42. And, and so many other things that are happening I wish I could also say, but you don't, you don't do it until everybody's deals are signed and that sort of thing. But there, I've got eight movies in the pike now a musical that I wrote that was off Broadway 12, or no, 14 years ago. I'm hoping to do this this, uh, for Warner Brothers and my friend Sam Haskell.
0: So, I mean, all of these things, as I say, I want to repeat, are generated from your own mind, from your own creativity. What would you say to another woman out there who might be 60 in her early 60s? She may have just left a job or she's feeling like there's got to be something more out there, but... I can't because of my age. I can't because no one will
1: care. I just can't. Yeah. Well, she's, she's right. In our own selves, we can do nothing. It's impossible. But that's when Jesus said, but all things are possible with God. If, you, if we partner with him, you cannot even believe the things you can accomplish. Okay, so she's hearing that, and she's like, partner how? You get on your knees. And first of all, you you e- express the truth, whatever your truth is. Sometimes I'll say, Lord, Kathy just talked about you as if you're her friend, as if she knows you intimately. That's right, because I do, and he is. Mm-hmm. But but that's, that's a free gift available to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's probably the only free thing in the whole world, which is God's mercy to us. Jesus paid for that for us on the cross once and for all. And that's available to everybody. And he's just, you may be in your 80s. That means he's been waiting for you for 80 years for you to come to, to, to the foot of the cross and say, I believe you. So you'd say to
0: her, first and foremost, you know,
1: step back. I would say Ask step for... forward. Oh, good. I would good. say step forward towards the cross. Now, not Jesus on it anymore, because mm-hmm. he isn't. They brought him down from the cross, and they put him in a tomb. And guess what? Three days later... He he, came, he walked out of that tomb. And you know what I love so much in the, in the Easter story? Mm-hmm. Jesus appeared first, first to Mary Magdalene, yeah. a woman who, who was, had been mentally ill, a total, total a throwaway from society, a woman who was in, nobody wanted around, that nobody saw any yes. value to, but Jesus did. And what did he say to her? Mary. He said her name. She didn't recognize him until she heard his name. You can imagine. She heard him say her name. She, she heard Jesus say she thought he was the gardener in the tomb, in the, you know, ne- next to the tomb. So and, would, and I uh, love that. I mean, yeah. that's the story of God's grace. He didn't go to the, the most important people Well, that's what I love the, about Mary Magdalene's entire story. I love the idea
0: that, you know, so often I would speak in the Catholic Church, you're, you're told to be perfect and that... Therefore, you'll get to heaven. And what no, I love about the Mary scriptural. Magdalene story is that you don't have to be perfect. In fact, as you said, that Jesus appeared to the. We can't be Maria. Yeah, and I think He's so. Women,
1: enough for us.
0: Yeah, but we we set ourselves up to try to be perfect on a daily basis, which knocks
1: us down, right? Yes, and Scripture says that no, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has. Only person who ever lived a sinless life was Christ Himself completely sinless. That's why he was the only one who could take our sin upon him. And 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 now when he looks at us, whether we have been a Mary Magdalene, whether we've lived our life in prostitution, whether we've been a meth freak, whether we've been an just evil, whether we've been a warlock who worships Satan all our lives, I've seen all of these people Come to faith and be transformed. I saw a member of the Manson family's life completely transformed because he became a Christian. Why didn't you ever become a preacher? I am one. I just <laughs> I don't want to be in churches. I want to be right here with you right now. Do you That's consider not yourself my calling. a preacher? I'm not a preacher. I share my faith with a passion that I feel. Hmm. No, I don't want to preach to people. I want to share. I don't like to be preached at. But I do want answers in my life. And so I'll listen to somebody that's passionate about something. Even if I don't agree with them, I love passion in a person. But that's what I would say to this this woman out there listening to us. Come to God. He's waiting for you. He loves you. He will wrap you, whatever you've done, in his righteousness. He will see you as beautiful. You know what he'll see you at? Holy, the Bible says. Holy means set, uh, set apart for sacred use. That's what we oh, I all love that are sacred use. sacred use there I don't I think what confuses people about me is they see me what I do on TV and stuff like that, and they go, "How could she do that?" And then she's also talking about this. I don't separate mm-hmm. the secular from the spiritual. I am one human being who worships one God, and I can laugh about body functions, and I can sip on my wine, and I can tell a body joke, and then I can put my hands up in the wonder and worship of Almighty God. And it's the same me. It's the same me. And I think if I have any power in my life, it's because I am completely secure in who I am in Christ. So that whatever anybody says about me, it can sting for a moment, but it cannot hurt me. What I write about in the in the God Who Sees is, mm-hmm. is a scripture. I think it's Zechariah 2, 3. And it says, I will be a ring of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. And that's all of us. That's what he promises he will be. But he's a gentleman. He will not force himself upon us. He waits. He woos us like a lover woos us. Come to me. Come to me. Let me love you. Let me love you.
0: I love that. And you have heard it from her 10% fun and games and 90% serious Mm -hmm. business, but also 100% loyal as a friend, deep, creative, and about to embark on a whole new life experience which mm-hmm. brings hope i think to so many millions of people who find themselves thinking that society has said your time is up you're done that's a wrap and you're saying oh i'm stepping out i'm yeah. just getting going
1: oh gosh no no better time than right now right now any time to meet god and then partner with him and And find out that he's not up there waiting to judge you and hurt you and keep you from joy, keep you from living a full life. He came. Jesus talked about the evil one and said, the thief is what he called him, has come to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. And the word that he uses in the Greek is zoe, which means it's so overwhelming it cannot be contained. That is what people are hearing in me. That's what it is. And and every day is full of surprises. And and every day is full of challenges. But he will give us everything we need. says, my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Everything I need, everything you need, everything everybody's listening to us needs. He's promised he will provide for us.
0: So if you find yourself crippled, alone, lonely... Remember, I think all these things that Kathy Lee has said today—that they're experiences we all experience—and yet we all can triumph over because we're here for sacred use,
1: and we're not alone. He is the God who sees. Amen. There was a single mother who was a slave, and her name is Hagar. She was an Egyptian slave that Abraham, Ham, and Sarah had, and they abandoned her in the wilderness with her son, and she is the first person in all of Scripture that gave God a name, the God who sees. And it just picture right now, wherever you are right now, whatever your circumstances are, that God sees you right there. He calls you by your name like Jesus did Mary Magdalene in, in the garden. And he has plans for you, as it says in Jeremiah, to give you a future and a hope.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Meaningful Conversations. If you're looking for more inspiration and words of wisdom, then please sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Sunday Paper. It's free and it's really good. Just visit my website, mariashriver.com to subscribe. I hope you'll also check out my book, I've Been Thinking, and its new companion, I've Been Thinking, The Journal. Like this podcast, these books were created to help you on your path to a meaningful life. More details on my website about all of that as well. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to being in community with you again right here each Monday.